Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sandry says cat dirt, but we use stronger words. This has been your obscenity warning. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter 18 of The Will of the Empress. So grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's get tucked in. So, chapter 18 opens with Ishabal Ladyhammer finding a note from Kanile that's like, hey, my dad is really sick, so I'm going home. Uh, give my best regards to the Empress. See you later. Which is really weird because Kanile would normally give his own best regards to the Empress because he's trying to get back in her bed. Baronine wakes up and she being very annoyed and angry because she's dealing with all of the fallout of the arresting Finn deal and people finding out that somebody got kidnapped from her own palace and she has the maid fetch Shan because she wants to go hunting and then the maid comes back and she's like uh he's 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 not here but 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 his assistant is and she's even more annoyed because Shan apparently left without asking her permission you need permission to do anything when you hang out with the empress and finally, she's like, well, I'm not going to throw a fuss about it right now. And says, okay, fine. Get the assistant. So, of course, Ken goes and finds Shan. And he's like, hey, you want to kidnap Sandry? I can help you with that. And they decide to do a all-star team up. They have this plan. The place that Sandry will be riding through is currently in the midst of a horse fair. And so Shan already knows that the like main inn is going to be packed. And so he's like, well, I have some connections there. So I'll have them send them to the Canyon Inn. And then we can go to the Canyon Inn ahead of time and set everything up. In the meantime, Baronine's spies get reports that Ken and Shan are in on this together. And she is pissed. Mm-hmm. And... Isha's like, uh, you know, you you, uh, you 
kind of asked for this in a way with the way that you encourage men to act. And she's like, no, she is determined to go stop them as well as keep the four circle kids from leaving Namorn. So basically her world is falling apart right now. Mm -hmm. So she sets out with Isha and has somebody watching Triss because that's going to work beautifully. Triss, she has been slowly trying to make herself stronger by like getting up and forcing herself to walk every day, even though the healers are like, slow the fuck down. Give your body time to rest. Uh, but she's determined to get back with her friends. Triss has gotten word that Bernie and Ishabal are headed to the border. And she is aware that, like most countries, Namorn has these like magical borders that can be raised. They're like shields that great mages can raise up to slow down an army or stop a smaller group of people. So if they raise the borders, then her friends are probably going to get stuck there. And she needs to warn them and help them. And she's not much of a help when she's this far away. She tries to contact them telepathically, can't reach anybody, isn't entirely sure why. And so finally she's like, fuck it, I'ma leave. So at like dawn one morning, she goes and saddles her horse and like kind of collapses on top of it because she's not really weak enough, she's not really strong enough to, to saddle a horse and mount it. And then Ambrose shows up and like shoves her into the saddle and he's like, uh, I I know that it's going to be a nightmare to stop you, so I'm going to just go with you. How about that? And then when you fall off your horse at the day, I can laugh hysterically. It'll be great. In the meantime, Friar, Sandry, Triss, Gudruni, and her kids are going crazy listening to all of Jigors's, oh, but I hear this, but I hear that, but I see this, but I see that. And they keep, they're basically like, you've got to calm down because like not everything's a threat. They arrive at an inn where they're planning to stay for the night, but the folks at the inn tell them there is a horse fair in town and we're full up. So you might try the Canyon Inn down the road. So they all head to the Canyon Inn and Jigors continues to tell everybody uh, something's not right, something's not right, something's not right. And they all just kind of ignore him and they're like, no, you don't know what you're talking about because you're a crazy man. Then... Sure enough, Briar is going to bed that night, starts to figure out either as he's going to sleep or in the midst of sleep that somebody has put a sleep spell on them. And he manages to pull himself out of sleep and enough to get his spelling salts that are labeled wake the dead and uses them to wake himself up. And then wake Daja up and he goes to Sandry's room and sees the Sandry is not there. And there are some pretty powerful sleep spells that have been put under the mattress in oil and like soaked up through the mattress. And he and Daja decide, well, I guess we're going to have to mount another rescue. I, I, I don't know. This chapter, I feel like I got tricked again because I was like, oh, I was expecting a kidnapping. So we already had a kidnapping. 
That's fine. So it gave me deja vu feelings of Briar's book because I knew <laughs> that Flick was going to die and she died. I was like, okay, we got past the hard part. Now we're going to continue and it's going to be smooth sailing from here. And then someone else that is almost dies. And then so with this one, I was like, okay, we already had the kidnapping. I knew there was going to be a kidnapping. We're done with the kidnapping. And then, oh, nope, kidnapping again. I was like, shh. I thought I wouldn't fall for that trick again. I was like, she's already done that. She's not going to, surely she would not do that again. And then she did again. Oh, I fell for it again. Like, but, <laughs> but let's talk about that for a second. Like, I, I just, I just want to bring this up. She doesn't do it often. No, this is only Which the is second why? time out of nine books. Good. <laughs> when she just like, is like, expecting the first one. Let's just throw in the second one for the hell of it. I, I think that attests to her skill as a writer because yeah. you come to expect certain things from certain writers. Like when you when you've read a lot mm-hmm. of their stuff, you learn like kind of their prose, like their their little 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 ticks in their books. And so the fact that she's able to throw us off again is what is so great. Speaking of Pierce and her just command of the, the the English language, all of them in this book have such a distinct voice. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like any of them slip. No. And like I know that some writers have that problem of where they make people sound the same without yeah, a, yeah. a better way to put that. Like they're they're very similar in personality they're very similar in voice like all of these characters are unique yeah oh but you and goodwin were right from the beginning you were like between shan and rizu one of them has to be a bad guy yeah yep we were right i was hoping to not be right but just statistically i i knew it had to be one of like Mm -hmm. there's no way it couldn't it one of them had to i was hoping more so that it would be shan if it was one of them because daja really needed a win she's not allowed to win i mean she's still Uh, lost in the end but i mean i feel like uh it it would have been much worse if rizu had just been leading her on Mm -hmm. yep yeah, I, I think that Pierce does a really good job like leading you on as a reader because like you guys had that nailed from the beginning. Okay, one of these people is gonna be bad. But then like Sandry's getting on with Shan, and I feel like the way she writes it, you're more anxious about Rizu. Like Rizu's the person who you're naturally drawn toward to be like, no, you're yeah. the bad guy, you're the bad guy. And then she pulls it out and is like, no, actually, Rizu's fine. Shan's the asshole. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. I feel like Quinn and Shan are freaking dumbasses. How did they not know that they were going to be watched? She has spies everywhere. Oh, well, we're just going to go kidnap Sandry and she's never going to know about it. It's fine. I'm just going to leave a little note. One of his parents is sick. And then, oh, I'm going to go look for a white stag. 
You will never know. It's and everyone's fine. absolutely going to believe all this. Right? Like, right? Nobody's going like, to even question it. No. We didn't tell you goodbye or ask questions or anything. It's, I don't know. It's stupid. We're not acting like ourselves. But it's fine. We're not being weird. You're the weird one. Don't watch us. It's okay. We're not doing nothing. Not acting suspicious at all. Not at all. Everyday normal activities. It's fine. Look the other way. My first one is there's some mages and they tell Quinn, oh, we lesser mages often work under the side of you powerful ones. And Quinn's like, that would sound better if you weren't sweating. <laughs> I'm glad they were trying to stand that for themselves. But the visual of it is hilarious. Like, we're big and bad. Oh, don't hurt us. I really like this, though, because I feel like it's going to echo with his relationship with the kids. Because he definitely views them as lesser mages. Oh, yeah, because they also are talking about how plant magic and metal magic, ah, they're not a good match for a fight. Okay. We'll wrap them up. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Can I, can I, say, can I say something? This is mm. one of the messages I sent to Molly. Yes, I love this. And song. I was like, <laughs> idiot. Um, how how about we go ask that mute that got fucking murdered? <laughs> oh, wait, we can't. He's dead because of plants. Oh, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Absolute idiot. Dumbass. Yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like I mean you're right about it's really funny where they're like trying to be brave and he's like yeah yeah I could tell that you're terrified, but what they say is very true at the same. It time. is. It's so true. But at the same time, it's kind of funny though. <laughs> like we're not scared of you. We're scared. Uh, Shan, oh my god. I, I want to punch him in the face. I'm like, she would have said yes to my proposal if some damn busybody hadn't told her I was Baronine's lover. Ugh. Oh, for sure. Really? That was the only that was the only thing. That was it. I can win Sandry back. Once she's realized this uh really is what she wanted all along, I think she'll be very happy to make ours the second home in the em- Empire. I'll ensure that she's happy. It's to my advantage too, after all. Like, because Sandry has no thought in her head, and she's like, oh, he's just going to kiss me, and I'm going to melt and swoon, and everything's going to be perfect, and I'll I'll be happy to have your children and stay here. It's fine. I'm like, no, no. It's not because of that, you stupid fucking idiot. I'm like, ugh. Men. Goodness. Men, am I right? Men. I- I just love when when Brittany goes all like <laughs> up on a horse, like just <laughs> she ain't wrong. I was ain't wrong. I was going to say of both Shan and Ken to quote one Brittany Nunez, stupid. My next one, Baronine gets reports from her spies, and she's like, I'm, oh. I'm watching them. Like, duh, she's watching them. They should have known that already. Especially since when they first got there, they had, like, Jack and Finn and Katie be literal spies for her. 
they're not going to have spies on us. We're, we're trusted people that are in her court, so they're not going to watch us. When Tris comes out of her room and Ambrose's wife is like, Aw, dress yourself, I see. <laughs> like, I've done this to Malia when she was little. Like, oh, look at you. You tried so hard to dress yourself. It's so cute. Here, let me help you. You tried so hard. And I like that Tris is accepting help instead of being like, no, I got it on my own. This is what we call growth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because mm-hmm. before she'd be like, no, I don't want you to touch me. I can do it myself, even if my arms are spaghetti. It's fine. If we have any fans out there who want to draw Tris with spaghetti arms. Spaghetti arms? <laughs> my next one is... When Triss is like, I have had plenty of time to pick apart that whiff of magic I smell before. I decided to do bad tumbling tricks on the stair. <laughs> That's funny. Before I decided to just tumble down the stairs. Like, God. that was my decision. You didn't make me do that. I wanted to break all the bones in my body, okay? I decided to do that. Listen, that is something I would say. And then she goes on to say, I don't know what I did to Ishabal to deserve that, and I don't care. I just want to express my unhappiness in the clearest possible way. You get her, Tris. Get her. She deserves it. She's going to get fucked up, I hope. As is stated, I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) My next one is when Tris is trying to leave, and she's just kind of like hanging onto the side of the horse. And she's thinking to herself, is this how I depart Landrig House? Yes, that's exactly how you're leaving. And Ambrose is like, if I had any sense, I would leave you there. Watching her dangle off the horse. And I also found it funny, while she's dangling, Tris considers to tell him, you can't stop me. Yes, he can. You're dangling off of a horse. He can literally stop you. Also me, though. My next one is when... Ambrose is like, oh, I got to go with you since uh, I have an idea. I'll face lightning or something worse if I try to keep you. I had best go along. He's such a good guy. And then he's like, I'll have the pleasure of saying, I told you so. Should you remain in the saddle long enough? When Zagorce tells everybody, you should listen when I'm watching over you. No truer words have ever been spoken. Listen to your fucking scarecrow, God damn That's- it. True, because if you would have listened to begin with, you wouldn't have got into this mess. My last one is when Briar wakes Daja up with his smelling salts, and she's like, what's in that, poison? I fucking love smelling salts. Like, the idea of something so stinky that it can shock you awake. Like, this is, I know it's like a nervous reaction to it, but like, God, that sounds cool. Yeah, I don't want to smell it, because he... It says that it feels like his head is on fire. <laughs> like, no, I'm good. Love that. Who's next? I could go. I like that Ishabal Ladyhammer wakes up before Dom because what a freak who does that. Probably Triss. Actually, I wouldn't put it past Daja either. She's probably that person who wakes up before Dawn to do staff exercises. I like when Quinn and Shan are like hanging out and talking about like, oh, you're so sure in your magic. And Quinn's like, I'm a taser horse, and he just shoots out a spark at Shan's horse, and he just like fucking bolts. Very. Funny. I think Shan's got his number though, because he's like, I bet it riles you up that those kids got their medallions so young. 
Mm -hmm. I bet it does. I just really like the fact that they're just so shitty to each other. I like the part in the book, Shan cuts pieces of sausage and eats them off the knife. I think it's pretty cool. I think it makes you look like a really cool villainous like person doing that in the story. You know, just using a knife and the gag there, everyone, because I forgot that this isn't a video. Uh, it is in <laughs> fact a podcast. Uh, I was eating parts of an orange with a knife. So Shan doing this whole thing with his allies at the Blend Road Inn, that he did all of that with Baronine's like gifts of money to him. I thought that was just a delightfully ironic, like, oh, my sugar mama gave me some money, so I'm going to use it to go kidnap another woman to marry. I, I liked Tris just half on, half off the horse, just kind of like, <laughs> I hate this. I love the line, she stared at a branch of candles without seeing it, because we all know what that's like. The fact that Baronine hates to be doubted, specifically, like, She's upset at all these parents writing to her because they're doubting her. Page 461. These mages will learn better than to question my will. And then the way she snaps at her lady-in-waiting, backing away. And this reminds me of the whole, like, we talked about how if she didn't try so hard to make Sandry stay, Sandry would have been more likely to stay. If she wasn't so snappy at her lady-in-waiting, then her lady-in-waiting would behave the way she wants her to. Baronine, you need to chill. Also, like, kind of just adding on to that, she, you know, Baronine is supposed to be this very, you know, rugged kind of individual woman who, like, is not allowing any man to exert power over her. So for her, and having all those resources, it makes it easier for her to be, like, to put off that impression of being strong. But for someone like her lady-in-waiting who just had essentially, you know, with, with what happened to Sandry, like, knowing that the queen is not totally in charge of her courtiers i'm sure she's not comfortable right now and like doesn't feel confident in baronine's ability to keep her safe so it's kind of understandable she would feel not good talking to her and baronine acting like this is not helping i feel That's like this point. chapter definitely puts comparison of Vedri how vedris and baronine act because with vedris we can definitely tell that he really cares about his people and in this chapter, we see how much Baronine really doesn't give a fuck. She thinks that everybody is annoying and everybody's beneath her. And it's really sad to see that person who's in charge is acting that way when we know that leaders can be good in this world. So just to add on to that, the fact that she's upset that Shan left without asking her permission like a student in a classroom which i all who wants to go to the bathroom which i which already annoys me like she has to micromanage everything shan tells ken that he's left nothing to chance and he's not lying he really has planned this all out and his mother is involved i hate her <laughs> she's not even in the chapter she's mentioned in one sentence and i just hate this woman i mean so at least she's supportive of her son <laughs> Supportive yeah. of her son kidnapping people. That's not good. I mean, at least she's supportive. Like, she should not be supporting. I agree. <laughs> He's a bad boy. Uh, it goes back to the family details that Ambrose gave us in the previous chapter about how they were really wealthy and then they were disgraced. So it makes sense that she's helping him because she wants all that back too. Shan describes Sandry and her traveling group as the pretty bird and her flock, 
which again is just nice writing because it continues with this cage theme that we've had throughout the book. They're going to show you pretty bird. Oh yeah. See, this is the thing. Pretty birds may look pretty, but they also have talons and beaks and they can tear you apart. He hasn't figured that out yet. Shan also says that he has planned this since he knew that Sandry liked him. Yeah, so right from that first conversation, he was like basically literally telling her to her face, yeah, I would marry you too if I could. Ilaga is described as being as full of practicality as her husband, which just makes it very obvious why they're married to me. Like, A very practical pair. No wonder she loves him. And, and she probably doesn't think he's a stick in the mud at all, even when he's at more tedious things, because she's just as practical as him. I suddenly so have this cute. image of them, like, keeping account books together, and he's, like, adding up numbers, and she's like, oh, you're so sexy when you add numbers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> hey, listen, someone has to find accountants hot. It nope. apparently does. Page 473. They'll think I'll look weak if someone defies my will. Whose will? I also have that highlighted. Oh, the magical borders are really cool. I hope to find out how they work because it's interesting, but until I see it, I'm like... I think it's a really nice element of world building, how she like kind of extrapolated and was like, okay, so this thing exists, so it would make sense that countries would have magical borders to bring up for invasions and such like it adds a it, it adds a lot of dimension to the to the world for sure because yeah. the implications of it like for trade or for blockades or you know just in general how other countries interact it opens up a lot of possibilities i like the description of triss's horse which is calm and used to her peculiarities or something mm-hmm. like it doesn't get spooked easily so somebody's Good. like ah, that's the horse for triss yes I have to get closer to them, Triss mumbled, close enough at least to warn them. The healer said I was mended. If they had known you meant to attempt a 300-mile ride when you'd been out of bed less than a week, they would have revised their diagnosis, replied Ambrose at his driest. They might have even determined that you took a harder blow to the head than they had originally thought. Ambrose is great. And then Berenine puts a tail on her, and of course, like, they see it, and Triss is like, oh, don't worry, I got this undoes a couple braids and does some magic and then they're laying in the street and Ambrose makes a comment about her killing them and she's like you killed them kill them I didn't <laughs> kill them I just knocked them out and I was like yeah Tris Tris has gotten past the killing people thing yes unless totally necessary and then yeah. I will paddle you as well if you cannot act like an adult and prior then- to was covered with dust and headachy with sun, but Kadruni made him smile. Here I thought she was a mouse, he remarked to Daja as Sandry passed them. Seemingly, she's not. I don't think mothers are supposed to be mice, murmured Daja. Maybe that's what Shakehorse needs, a mother. He doesn't have a mother. He's a lost boy. I hate this whole thing where they're like, oh, we're going to have my cousin send her to the Canyon Inn because they get there and they're like, oh, we're full up, but since you are a clayham like we could force people out and she's like the one decent noble in name orange she's the one noble who's decent enough to be like no i will not kick people out of their rooms 
and she like, would have though it would have thrown his plan into chaos like oh I no know. we can't do it now like if you would have just not not been a good person for it not been a good person for once in your life yeah i mean this does kind of show that shan does have his bases covered because he's like ah i know she won't Mm -hmm. i hate that he's like playing off of her kindness yeah like he's like oh she's a decent human being that makes it even easier for me to be a fucking dick what would he have done if she decided to not be a good person that one time did he have a backup plan nope they probably would have (laughs) intercepted them on the way or something but so you'd have to figure something else out but yeah i don't don't think he actually game planned for that oh no the housekeeper there too like oh my uh sister-in-law owns that place he doesn't cook as good as me but it's all right. <laughs> like you don't really sell this place. <laughs> like, oh, you cook good. I'm staying here. I want the good food. I want the yeah. good food. I can I can see like an alternate version of this scene where she says that, and Briar's like, no, 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 Sandry, use your oh, power. Sandry, no, we gotta stay here. <laughs> the soldiers at the Canyon Inn mentioned something about the Sea of Grass. Have we heard anything about the Sea of Grass elsewhere? I think it, it was sounded familiar. It, I think we, it's been mentioned at some point. It was like early on. I feel like because it felt like we should have remembered that when I read it. Just felt familiar. I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. have I heard about this. I just uh, I, I imagine that being like the steps of Mongolia or something. That makes sense. Briar does not want to do staff practice with Dasha. <laughs> Go see if one of our guards wants his fingers cracked. Ouch. Oh, no, I was getting the uh, enjoy vibes from that mm-hmm. interaction. Yeah. I feel like Briar would get on well with Mia. Of course, I also feel like he'd get on well with Jory. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like any other time he'd be like, yeah, I want to tumble about. I like roughhousing. Right now, he just wanted to be alone. Yeah, he's yeah. Just like, I want to relax. I promised Triss I would look after everyone, but no one will listen. Listen to your listen scarecrow. Listen to your scarecrow. Dealing with Jay Goris required the same kind of patience that dealing with acorns on the ground demanded. I just really <laughs> like that description. Oh, same. And this just this whole interaction between Briar and Jigoris, where he keeps like Jigoris keeps giving him these little details, like they don't talk imperial, but they're talking about weddings. But this and Briar just keeps brushing him off. No, no, no. And then he gets super interested in this plant, and he's like, "Look, it's a Yangshi sorbus. Someone had to plant this here. It's not natural today, morn." He just starts talking to the plant instead of Jigoris. But also, I don't know. You know, we hear we've heard about Yanjing and Gyeongshi like here and there in the book. So it kind of stood out that like it's it's a plant from Gyeongshi. I think yeah. this is one of the only non-negative comments that have been made about it. Like I, I legit think that all we've gotten so far about Yanjing is that it's just a terrible fucking place. They don't talk imperial, Jagoris insisted. They're trees. They don't talk at all. <laughs> I do have to say, I think part of the problem is, part of Jagoris's problem here is the same as, like, Daja wanting to practice with Briar. And it's just, like, everybody's just like, I'm exhausted and I just don't want to think about anything. And then Briar 
tells him, Triss just told you to come with us so you wouldn't lurk about Landrag House giving her the fidgets. Briar, you're such an idiot. Watching him go, Briar felt a rare twinge of conscience. He kicked that out too. I'll make it up to him later, he promised himself. Which is like the same thing that Daja says in a previous scene and then things get fucky. Like, yeah. Just this whole like page, this whole interaction. There's just so much like, oh my god, no, no, man. It says that Sandry and Gujrani dozed and read while like Briar and Daja are running around doing things. And I wonder if that's the sleep spell already beginning to take effect. Mm. I think so. And then Briar's going to apologize to Jay Gorse at dinner. And then he does it because Jay Gorse is glaring at him, which like is completely legit. And Briar gets your head out of your head. I like that Briar's smelling salts are called Wake the Dead. He couldn't say how he knew the mage was a man, but he did. Moreover, the fiery brightness of the original spell and its complexity, even if he didn't know how it was made, told him that they faced a very powerful mage, even a great mage. It was as bright as any work done by the forest teachers. I'm just like, prior, put the pieces together, figure it out. Oh, and then he waves the, the smelling salts under Daja, and he instinctually ducks because he knows that she's going to hit him. And then I like that he's like, kill me later. Some Belbin nicked Sandry, which I like the fact that he uses the word Belbin because that was from street magic. So it's his Shamuri oh, slang that he's picked up. Uh, I didn't notice that. I didn't either. I, I literally just noticed just the second. I was like, wait a minute. That's the word that Evie taught him. And then, yeah, it's I think it's a rat because <laughs> there's a conversation that they have in the cave and he says something about rats. And Evie's like, you don't like Belbin? Belbin's delicious. And then I also like the fact that he says nicked Sandry. I don't know, just the use of the word. Like, he doesn't say kidnapped. He says nicked. And the use of the word is just, it's amusing to me somehow. It reminds me of when, back when I was in high school, my family had a house in Waveland, Mississippi. And we had a pool put in and my mom got insurance on the pool. And she was like, I assume they mean flood insurance because it's not like it's going to catch fire or get stolen. And so mom and I or my brother and I just had this like running joke about, yeah, one day we're going to wake up, look out in the backyard and be like, mom, someone stole the pool. I don't know. This just kind of reminded me of that. I was going to say the reason I like that choice of words is because when you nick something, typically it is something of value. That is kind of how that translates is something of value. So, yeah, I guess I like it because you usually use it for objects. It's just used in an unusual context. And then the last one I have is when Daja and him are talking about sleep spells. He says that's how they got us in Yangshi. So, switch more about Briar's trauma. All right, Indy, take <laughs> us away. A rare gift. The silence also highlighted is uh, a chance to create a plan for the control of Trisana Chandler. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> Thus far, I've shown her the orchids. It's time she found the thorns. I think it's because I am a plant person. I do really like the uh, usage of plant analogies through the whole thing. And it also does make sense for Berenine as well to use this because she is a gardener. It's not just thrown in under someone who it doesn't fit with. The firelight made his face look like a mask. I just love that. 
ominous. Quinn almost, almost had it. Um, should I arrange for Shan to fell in his kidnapping? Sandry is a sweet girl and I like her. Almost had it, buddy. But then he started worrying about himself and he's like, mm, she may be nice, but uh, I might get something out of it if uh, I help him out. So, yeah. Eh, forget almost it. Had it. Almost had it, buddy. Are you supposed to do that? I'm supposed to be with my family. If I had any sense, I would leave you there. Ambrose is great. If I tell them they aren't going to be allowed to leave, they'll be angry enough to try. God, that's a mood. I feel that on a deep and personal level. Don't tell me what I can and cannot do. Watch me. I just really like that (laughs) Briar's like, you almost killed a plant. (laughs) You've got to use your eyes for something other than visions. And then Briar immediately starts tending to the moss. I'm like, that sounds like me, seeing as I have a, a, a moss collection. Dealing with Shigoris required the same kind of patience that dealing with acorns on the ground demanded. All of them clamored to sprout and put down roots, and they didn't understand that not all of them could. But truthfully, sometimes a fellow needs alone time with green things. They won't talk me half to death. Also a mood. We mentioned it, but I just love the... Uh, Briar wasn't sure he could keep his temper if Shigoris continued to stare at him as if Briar had just murdered his firstborn. <laughs> We kind of we've we've talked a little bit through this book about the trauma that Briar has, and I just want to point out that he has grounding techniques, which I I just absolutely love because people with anxiety, people are like, ah, oh, these are grounding techniques that help with anxiety that can help calm you down, but we don't talk about it from a PTSD standpoint. Because we don't talk about PTSD because it's not polite. And as someone who has PTSD, this is the kind of stuff that I wish I had 10 years ago. Like, I wish people talked more about techniques to break out of those relapses. Normally, they're scarecrow, less of a scarecrow after some weeks of decent meals. He's 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 not looking so much like a scarecrow anymore. Thank God. Let's go smelt this down and see what floats. When there are imperfections in metal, all of the other minerals and stuff will float to the top and leave like this film. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or message in the chapter. What theme or message did y'all find? Underestimation. We see it in multiple places, but I, I think this carries over to a couple of chapters ago as well. Shan has all of this shit planned 
and I think as readers we underestimated him in a previous chapter Mm -hmm. for his like abilities so this is kind of the resolution of him being underestimated in previous chapters as well as what like Sandry doesn't expect him to do this so there's that there's the uh plant magic and metal magic they aren't good much good in a fight fishball going oh i can control tris and then just the general underestimating of the kids again like that that is another very reoccurring trend i wrote shitty people doing shitty things which wasn't really my theme but uh fits the actual theme that i picked was blame so we've got everybody writing to Baronine about all of the crap that she's doing wrong. And then Shan is like, oh, well, if Baronine hadn't gotten Sandry's hackles up or if somebody hadn't told Sandry that I was sleeping with Baronine or any of this crap. And there's also a part where Baronine is like, this is all Sandry's fault. And I know it's not actually Sandry's fault, but I'm going to blame her anyway. She kind of also blames Daja about Rizu, too. So Mm -hmm. that's also another blaming area. Mine is planning. There's a lot of planning that has taken place in this, mostly with Shan planning his kidnap attempt. I also feel like Triss is planning as well. She plans on trying to get in contact with her siblings by leaving. Ambrose plans to go with her. Daja planning to burn it the fuck down. <laughs> yes. I mean, even Briar, like, having his... Smelling salts. Smelling salts. He's been through this kind of thing before, and so now he is prepared for it. I guess uh, Jigors, in a way, is planning, too. I mean, he plans to try to help take care of the kids if they'll listen. But yeah. it's not going so well. That's his plan, but not working. Yeah. And Gajuni is planning to paddle him. So my theme is pretty similar to Andy's. It's hubris. Baronine, you know, thinks she can bring to heal both the mages and the parents in her court. She just assumes she's going to be able to do it. Shan and Quen, uh, you know, they think their plan is totally foolproof, but they've never dealt with Briar. A different kind of fool. (laughs) He just likes sleeping with trees, and there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, everyone's just, you know, so sure of themselves and overestimating their, um, underestimating their enemies, and uh, it's not going to go well for them. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? Uh, if I tell them they aren't going to be allowed to leave, they're going to be angry enough to try. Sometimes you gotta prove a motherfucker wrong. You might not know this about me, but I am a very confrontational person. Crazy. But... <laughs> you know, never. I feel I'm so busy proving other people wrong that I'm not listening to myself if that makes sense i'm busy proving everybody else wrong but the second my brain goes oh you can't do this i'm like you know what you right you're right brain (laughs) you are correct brain i cannot fucking do this 
but if someone else is like you can't do it i'm like bitch watch me so what i'm hearing is that you are daja in daja's book yeah listen sometimes you have to prove a motherfucker wrong even if it is yourself (laughs) well sometimes your friends have to tell you you're a piece of shit so that you can prove yourself wrong (laughs) yeah i'll try and keep that in mind and and uh when when you're telling yourself you can't do things that i know you can do i will just agree with you yep you're right you suck you can't do that my magic is not quite the opposite of that but i wrote take negative criticism so the scene where Berenine finds out that Kanile and Shan are in on this whole thing together, Ishabal is like, well, you know, you do say that you like these kind of men who do these kind of things. So it kind of makes sense that they would take that to its logical end. And Berenine's just like, pissed and not having any of it and then also like Triss trying to heal herself more rapidly while the healers are like sit the fuck down and let yourself heal yeah this is just something that I have been working on in general but it's really hard to take negative criticism and you have to be able to do it Uh, especially when you're in creative fields like me and it also comes up in my class weirdly I started using Spanish with my students some because I felt like if I could make a fool of myself in front of them using their language, then they might be more comfortable like making mistakes in front of me in my language. And the kids will correct me. <laughs> and this is this is my chance to model like this is how you handle that when somebody's like, oh no, 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 that's not how you say this word. This is how you say this word, or like that's a grammar error. Like it should be this because it's kind of the same thing like if I can sit there and be like oh okay I said that wrong well thanks thanks for letting me know how to say it right then that means that when they're saying things and I go okay that doesn't sound right like this is how you say it then they're going to be more likely to listen to me and be like oh okay so yeah but also in my art I wrote a book y'all uh and I'm terrified that people are just gonna like say terrible things about it and I don't know. I'm at this point where like, I don't know if it's just that I'm waiting for the shoe to drop or if there's a part of me that's like, I don't know, on some level, I think I'm I'm kind of just looking excited about getting any kind of feedback. But yeah, there's there's a part of me that's like really nervous about it and just like, well, you're, you're just going to have to deal with that because you already know it's not perfect. Um, I guess I'll go. Mine is learn from the past. Mine is in the part where everybody's falling asleep and Briar, he is almost asleep, and instead he just felt imprisoned by his queen cotton sheet. His brain felt as if it were weighed down by clouds. His nose was stuffy, and the filling was one he knew, one his tired brain associated with blood and weapons in the night. So if he hadn't have had that experience uh, in Yanjing, he probably would have fell asleep too, and Sandry would have been kid. I mean, she did get kidnapped, but we know that she's going to get rescued. So if he had have had that experience before, then she probably would got kidnapped and probably had to end up signing the marriage contract. I know that 
the war was bad and nobody wishes to be in that situation. But learning from the past can help with your future. My personal magic. Uh, I know I've used this one before, so it feels like a cop out to me because I feel like I have to come up with new ones every time. But to be honest, eh. just trust your gut. Briar's like, you know, everyone's getting kind of sleepy. I kind of want to put this tree up, but something tells me I just want it with me. So then he just changes his mind and takes it with him. And, you know, like I said, I've talked about this before, but sometimes your brain catches up on patterns or smells or sounds that your active brain doesn't pick up on. But in the back of your mind, it's like, hey, that sounds like a thing that maybe you should worry about. Like, if you get a bad vibe from going into a room, maybe kind of step back and just be like, something's off. Well, and like, what is it? Like, trust your gut. If you're walking at night and something weird, you feel like something's weird. Like, get out of there. Like, your brain, you're, you're, you may have seen some bushes shift slightly somewhere but you didn't actively actually see it but your brain still recognized it as movement so you know get out of there listen to your gut if something feels off listen to it and you know act on it because um we got them uh not hunting reflexes but uh like prey reflexes still in there and your little lizard brain part of your your mind so it it picks up on stuff like that even if you don't if you even if you actively don't like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 19 of The Will of the Empress. We're getting so close to being done, guys. Oh my God, I know. How many chapters there. is it? 20 it's or 20. It's 20. Oh my gosh. Oh, I know. Shit's, We're so close. Shit's gonna hit the fan. <gasps> Yo. Shit's gonna hit the shan. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh, that was so good. That was good. Should we yell for Triss? Briar finally asked. There's a way we can do this, Daja said stubbornly, on our own, without Triss and her book learning. Besides, she's probably still weak as a kitten. Something caught Briar's attention then. Triss. Book learning. Daja waited to hear his thought. When Briar worked it out, he was both jubilant and ashamed for not seeing it sooner. The solution lay in his own experience and his own teacher. Rosethorn had engaged in a constant battle with university-trained mages over the difference between academic and ambient magic. Stop playing his game and start playing ours, he said. He tapped into his shakhan and the plants around him, drawing their power through himself and turning it into vines. These he sent through the spells of the glove. Like all vines, they found each and every chink and opening, spaces no human being used, weaving their tendrils through to break into open air. Reaching Daja's prison, they did the same thing all over again, finding the openings between the spells. At last, they broke through to twine themselves around her, growing until they cupped her entire body. Daja called to the metal on her hand and in her mage kit, the strange living metal that was always growing and absorbing new metal. She drew on the strength of the kitchen's metal and fires as well, adding it to the liquid metal until she could spin wires of power out of herself. They twined with Briar's vines, following the paths the magical plants had taken through the openings in Ken's spells. Busily, they worked themselves into Briar's prison, encasing, the, encasing him as his vines had encased Daja. Slowly, the spells that enclosed Daja and Briar began to melt, like thick ice under boiling water. Ken dropped fiddle and bow and stretched a hand out to them. 
his lips moving as he tried to renew the spells. The mess around Briar and Daja struggled to rebuild and collapsed completely. Ken gestured. A fresh shield billowed toward them like a giant thick bubble. Daja leaned forward and blew like a bellows, hard and long, forcing the heavy thing back toward Ken. He fought to hold it off. While he was occupied, Briar reached into the outer pocket of his mage kit and pulled out a small cloth ball. Deftly, he tossed it on the floor. It rolled to Ken's feet. Briar filled the seeds in the ball with green magic and called them to wakefulness. Weaving the shoots as they thrust up, he gripped them in an iron hold and kept them from sinking roots. All of their strength had to go into growing up, not down. He needed this cage to move. The plants shot through the cloth of the ball that held them weaving. They were as high as Ken's knees before he saw the danger. He turned his shield on them, but Briar was ready. The vines, thick with thorns, spread out and over the shield, still growing. Watching Ken's sweaty face, Daja pulled a spool of fine wire out of her sack. She set the wire's end snaking toward the base of the vine cage where it began to weave itself in among the vines. As it climbed, she called light to it, making Ken blink and shield his eyes. It was a distraction, something he could not afford. While he, try while he tried to shield his vision, vines and, wire fish vines and wire finished a globe of a cage. Briar, Briar had prepared the seed ball to withstand the magic of mages and hill shamans alike, both hazards to the road of Yang Shi. It was why he had brought it downstairs. Daja had made this spool of wire to handle and contain power, her own or that of others. Bearing down with their wills, briars forged in the street in epidemics and war, Daja's in forges and mammoth blazes, they tightened their cage on Kanile, crushing his last shield. Briar and Daja joined hands and fed their cage a last surge of power. The gaps between wire and vines blazed, sealed against magic from within. The pair let go. For a moment, they could hardly see Ken inside the cage. Magical workings rayed out from the man like sunlight, connecting him to every spell he still had in place. Those on the inn and those that served Sandry's kidnappers. They blazed with silver fire in Briar and Daja's vision. Once more, Daja said panting, drain him so his other spells break. Her knees wobbled, her thighs felt loose. They touched fingers this time and hammered the cage with the last of their strength. At first they saw no difference. Then the first fiery strand vanished. Another followed, then three, then more. All winked out inside the cage. At last, Ken stood inside, naked of power. All around them, the inn stirred. Briar could hear the inn staff moving in the private room. He sat down on the kitchen table and began to eat chunks of carrot. Daja took a seat on a stool and leaned against the wall. Will it be enough? She asked him wearily. Their bond to one another remained even when their power was as weak and floppy as a dead fish. We cut off all he had. Sandry was at the end of it. We'll hear her soon enough. Can we get some food in here? Briar yelled. I'm starving. Yeah. Of course. That yep. tracks. Yep. I just... I love we that. We just took down a great mage. I'm hungry. Food. 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 Now. Now. I'm hungry. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Shake it up. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at simpleofreadingcircle at gmail.com. 
can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Yeah, my my cat was being all cute and cuddly and adorable. And he was tucked under the blanket and he had his head under my chin and he was just sprawled out along my chest and it was adorable. And then he let out the most rancid fart. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, dude. I love you too. <laughs> he was oh comfy.